Hello, welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. Today we are revisiting a very important topic in the life of all believers, uh, something we should be regularly participating in, and that is corporate worship. Thanks, Anthony, for bringing us in. Still, yes. Yep. Good old song that hasn't uh, been recycled. Oh, actually, we, we haven't changed any part of it, so. No, we haven't. Yeah. No. Nope. Isaiah changed happy. our logo. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Now, the question is, does Anthony listen to these? Oh, million dollar <laughs> question. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but if we ever get royalties, we, we will give Anthony part of the royalties because he is a part of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. We're going like like, to send him 25 cents every That's quarter. Right. That's right. Here's your, here's your, <laughs> well, maybe 50 cause 25 for the beginning and the end. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 Yep. yep. And then, then he can be, I don't know if you ever knew this, like star Trek, the next generation, will Wheaton used to sit at home and some channel was like, you can vote for your favorite episodes. And there was like a Friday night fan favorite or, or whatever. I, I don't know all the details, but Will used to sit at home and vote for his episodes because the more they ran, the more money he made. Ah. Yeah. So, and then I don't know if you know this, Will Wheaton like uh, really resurrected his career. So it's impressive. Huh. Yeah. Cause you know, you'd think about being a young, young actor on Star Trek, uh, you get taken off the show. That your career might be over, but no, he he's like I a, don't even know what character he plays. Uh, he is uh, Doctor Crusher's son, Wesley Crusher. Oh, and to be honest, I'm not a fan of um, most of his episodes. Oh, uh, yeah. So the st- that show doesn't get good until the end. It's it's the only show. It's one of the few shows that reverse jumps the shark. Mm-hmm. You know, jump the shark, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Only because you told me. Yeah, but <laughs> it's amazing how many people in our church don't know Jump the Shark. Mm. Well, there's a lot of young people. Yeah. Well, gosh, I you know, I'm starting to feel older because I make a reference. So I was asking like Tuesday night at the women's group has said something about Alien and Aliens the movie and just got blank stares and I was like, This is this is like what what is going on? Like I've become that generation. Yep. Yeah, so it is <laughs> what it is. Great yeah. movies, by the way. Mm. So the first one's kind of a horror movie. The second one is uh, more of an action movie. Mm, okay. Like probably quintessential 80s, yeah. the second one. Aliens. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, somebody's asking me about 80s yesterday. Uh, it took me back to like Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson and mm-hmm. all that music from the 80s. What's, yeah. what's a quintessential 80s song for you? Ah. Like if what embodies 80s? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just, for me, 80s was me biking by myself mm. with no parental supervision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quintessential 80s yeah. right there. Yeah. I, uh, yep. yeah. Just by myself with my cousin maybe sometimes into the boonies. I mean, it turned out okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're still alive. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't need, we don't need hover parenting. Um. Yeah, that's probably for a different discussion. So here we are revisiting corporate worship. I like that. It's a smooth transition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how we rolled. Yeah, 80s uh, music to... Uh, yeah, I showed the kids uh, Back to the Future, and I think that's quintessential 80s too. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Including the song. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. The Yeah, anyway. All right, so here we are revisiting um, corporate worship. And, uh, you know, might, might be a question of why revisit corporate worship, mm. uh, because we've already done a podcast on this, which by the way, uh, we have talked about revisiting expectations, 
Uh, there's a handful of podcasts that I kind of go, ah, it might, might be worth talking about it more, which I think we've already technically revisited expectations one time. Mm-hmm. So I think we've two. I believe you. Yeah, I think so. Uh, All right. So we'll uh, revisit corporate worship. It'll be good. Be good for our discussion. Yeah, it coincides with one of the books of the month. Yeah. So we did the book of the month, corporate worship. And um, what I hope did not happen was that somebody looked at the book and said, oh, I've already read a book on this, or I've already already understand corporate worship, or I already listened to the podcast. I don't need to go through this again. Mm. Uh, that would be, I think, a mistake. Yeah, this uh, little book by uh, through uh, Nine Marks, written by Matt Merker, um, who, by the way, did you know that we sing one of the songs he he wrote um, or co-wrote? He will hold me fast. No, yeah, I like yeah. it. He's cool. a, Look he's at a that. Music major in college, I think. So he's a music guy. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I actually don't know if he's a pastor. Yeah. Um, well, I know he's in Nashville. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he, I think he, for sure, he works with Getty Music. Yeah. Okay. Um. But man, such a robust uh, take on on worship in this little book. So yeah, it packed quite a punch. Yes, I think I, I do want to say I, I want to comment on that a little bit um, because I, I do run into this that that from time to time someone say, "Well, I don't need to go to that because I already studied it," mm. mm-hmm. or you know, and I've heard this in ten years. Well, uh, you're doing a Hebrew study; I already studied. I don't need to be there. Or oh, you know what uh, that that study doesn't interest me, so I'm not going to go. And it's like, I, I hear what you're saying. The, the problem is that's actually not a, a wise approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you imagine, like, if, if that were the approach and your pastor exposited through all the New Testament, and then he's like, okay, now I'm going to go back and do, I don't know, like Ephesians in the New Testament. Like, if the idea was if you've already studied, you don't need to be there. Well, any other old person that was there the whole time of his ministry could just like, yeah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. I, I think we need to, um, I think part of the part of being a disciple and a, is being a learner. Yes. Which means we never stop learning. Yeah. And I think you need to mentally be ready to re-engage things you've already heard. Yes. Um it's not that. So you you always say this. Uh, repetition is the key to learning. Key to learning is repetition. We um, uh, something uh, a prof in seminary ingrained in our thinking, right? Uh, and and there's something there's something to that statement. It's and it's not just a repetition, but it's intentional repetition, and the intentional acknowledgement that I I actually need to hear this again. Yes. Yeah, in the Old Testament. There's a there's a command that is repeated all throughout the Old Testament. Remember, remember, remember. Mm-hmm. And and I I think we we overestimate ourselves if we think I don't need to hear this again, or I don't need to study it again, or I don't need to look at it again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the Major League Baseball player, Ozzy, you know Ozzy Smith, one of the best shortstops ever in Major League Baseball. You know, could you imagine if he's like, well, I already filled with one grounder, so there's no reason for me to, to practice today. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole, the whole point is that, that that repetition was more than just, you know, getting himself warmed up. Like there, there's some kind of training in that repetition too, and your mind needs to remember these things. Yeah. Uh, and corporate worship's a big a big deal. Like my guess is, you know, if you walked with the Lord for 20 years and let's say – you know, throw out sicknesses and a couple of vacations, you know, it's quite possible um, that, you know, you've, you, you're going to attend, you know, in 20 years, close to a thousand corporate worships. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it actually behooves you to understand what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 corporate worship is part of, you know, the study of the church really. And I would say that the study of the church actually is one of those areas in theology that is, I feel like we're just starting to break ice again. At least, I, when I say again, I feel like maybe the reformers thought about it deeply. 
And then something happened in the past hundred years, maybe, um, to where it's actually good that we think about worship and the church. And really, Andrew, that's what, what, what we're talking about. Because when, we when we're talking about corporate worship, we're actually talking about the doctrine of the church, right? Yeah, agreed. Because it's a responsibility that I as an individual have to participate in others in the same local church. Mm -hmm. And so when you understand corporate worship, you understand that it's not an individual thing that it's a corporate thing. And then when you understand the local church, you understand that there's actually, you need to participate regularly with the same group of people in the same corporate worship. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's his opening chapter, right? It's kind of like, almost like who's it for, mm -hmm. uh, what's it for. And it's really good. Um, now I, I do kind of want to like lay a couple foundations for that. So, I would say you need to do, if I would say in your walk with Christ, you have to do better than, as you grow, you need to do better. You need to be able to do better than, oh, that's just something we're supposed to do on Sundays. Mm. You need, like, you need to move your thinking. If that's, if that's where you're thinking at, it's fine. Like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not chiding you. You're not in trouble. However, I would say you have to now, you need to grow beyond that. Yes. You need to deepen your, and that, that's why reading about corporate worship is beneficial because one, our heart needs to be reminded what it means to sing, why we sing. Heart needs to be reminded what, why scripture. Um, you know, I grew up in a, a, one of the churches we attended growing up had a, had a liturgy, right? Where uh, like a seasonal liturgy where the banners changed and the colors changed and, and the robe that the, the banner around the, I don't know what that is around the robe. You know, he'd, he'd wear a black robe and it'd have these different tassels. Tassels. Yep. Yeah. And those changed. And I, I never understood why any of those changed. Mm -hmm. And I don't think half the people in the church knew why those changed. Mm -hmm. And and the point being that sometimes even leaders forget like, oh, hey, we assume everybody knows and not everybody knows. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking, you know, we were thinking about that with the elders and deacons, right? That um, for you and I, a four, let's say we only work 40 hours this week. Mm. That would be nice. <laughs> um, but let's say we only did 40. And, right, that 40 is on church on church ministry issues. But for the average person, they work 40 hours a week on something else. That doesn't mean they're not thinking about the Lord. It just means they have to distract their mind with whatever their job is, mm -hmm. right? Whether that's encoding, you know, programs, IT, doesn't matter, right? Or, or out, you know, driving around town, um, you know, maybe being a police officer, you know, maybe you're a firefighter. So you, so like ministry only work an hour a week, mm -hmm. um, you know, so right. But, but all that to say, like your mind's distracted. And so on any given week, you're maybe spending 40 hours with your job. Mm -hmm. Maybe you spend 20 to 40 hours with your family. So that's 80 hours. How many sleeping? I don't know. Six times seven, 42. So, and you're talking about an hour and a half to two hours for corporate worship. Yeah. So, right, I mean, the, the numbers are staggering. So all that to say that, 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 like, I have observed it is easy for the best of people to be distracted by life and to forget the value of corporate worship. Yes. Um, and that's why I think there needs to be an intentional, okay, I know we're supposed to go, right? Like, I, I would encourage people, like, prep for corporate worship in such a way to where before, right, to where you're showing up on time, um, you're, you're not walking in five minutes late to corporate worship. You know, you're there for the call to worship. You don't need to make restroom breaks in the middle of call to worship. Like, mm -hmm. like organize yourself. If, if you, if your body can't go more than 45 minutes without water, then, then you know what? Yeah. It's fine. It's a, it's a, it's a unique mindset really, because yes. that's the consumer mindset, right? I'm yeah. going to go to this thing. Um, and whether I'm there or not, it's going to go on without me. That's really a consumer mindset. It, yep. It's different than like you're playing for, you know, name your favorite basketball team 
and you're actually a player. You're you're not there to watch the players play. Right. So you're actually you're actually there for a warm up. You're there for practice before the actual time that's allotted for the game to start. So if right. game time's at 10, 10 a.m. on Sunday, and we're it, we're not we're not the team, you and I, Jason, right? Nope. Not even the singers and the and the instrument. No, the entire church is a team. Yep. Which means they're all called to be there together. Maybe even get there earlier and warm up and and stretch out those fellowship muscles, right? Um, and and then ten o'clock, we're ready for the game together. Yeah, that's a different mindset. It is a different mindset, yeah. and and each family, um, if you're habitually right, it, one your analogy is spot on because people'd be mad if they went to the game and LeBron James showed up at halftime. Right, <laughs> right. I'd be like, uh, we're losing because uh, the second greatest player of all time didn't show up <laughs> on time. Right, so um, all that to say that, like, yeah, so being there on time is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, and I know I know we've talked about this in the past, if you struggle to be on time, then you need to ask the question, what is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we stay up till 3 a.m. watching movies on Saturday. Well, maybe for the Lord. Hey, you know what? We're not going to stay up till 3 a.m. watching movies on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Let's, pick, let's pick a different night. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if you're playing a basketball game, you, you, you're gonna, and you know that you're gonna be like running nonstop yep. for two hours, right? You're not gonna sleep at three yet. No, you're going to get a lot of rest. You're yeah. gonna prepare, right, in every possible way. Make sure those muscles are nice and loose, and you know you you you're you're you don't give out in the middle of the game. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to lose an Achilles heel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> <laughs> inside joke for those who know yeah yep. uh all that to say that that yes you you're exactly right g and that, that there's got to be okay um my whole family struggles to get out the door on time well okay why you know like and again some people well you know um one of the spouses cooks every kid, and we have four kids. They're on specific breakfast that morning. Well, you know what? Sunday morning, make it easy. Mm-hmm. You know, make, you know, do do an egg casserole the night before. Right? There's so, there's so many things you can do. Set your clothes out the night before. Like, Sunday really does begin Saturday night. And yeah. so when you wake up, simplify it to such a way to where you can get out the door. Yeah. Um, you know, you can also pack snacks and get to church early. And you could you could put your coffee in a to-go tumbler and sit there and let your family eat, you know, out in the car or out outside of church, mm-hmm. you know, while people are coming in, you know, it's, and it's one of the, it's a, you're right. It's a mindset that, Hey, well, I'm not on greeters this morning. That's fine. But what if you decided to be there early enough to where you could meet new people that possibly got there early, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's, that's, making yourself available at that time. Yeah. You know, or people, you know, or leaving early. Um, well, you know, we, we had a lunch planned with the family. I mean, in general, I just would tell my family, Hey, Sundays are no, I, I don't promise you anything until three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you want to come to church with us and possibly go out to eat with people at the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what I mean? But that's, that's making yourself available. And I think what some people think is, oh, but you're the pastor. That's your job. And and I literally, when I hear that, I sit there and I think, you don't understand that you've been gifted for the purpose of building up the body of Christ, so it's your job too. Yeah. That, that we may have, right, you're leading us in music and song, and that's part of worship. You know, whoever reads scripture and praying is leading and reading scripture and praying. That's part of worship. So when we talk about corporate worship, right, we're not just talking about the music. Um, so whoever preaches is leading an exhortation and putting God on display through God's word. But then after and before, it's the entire congregation's job to lead in one anothering. Yes. And that that's that's again you you can't ask one person to do that, and to be effective and able to minister to people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you 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 are for this coming Sunday, the preacher, right? Maybe I'm the song leader. Yep. 
Um, then we have greeters, we have ushers, Sunday school teachers, um, people that clean up after, set up before, and then they're the then everyone else. Who? What are they? Do they just attend? No, they're they're builders. Yep, that's right. They're ministers. Um, they function to build and minister and strengthen. So you're not just an attender. Yeah. Uh, you're you're a member who members. You're a member. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you do have to ask. Yeah, you have to ask that question. Why do we gather? Why does the church gather? Um, I, I like what Merker says here. Um, th- these are some of the the reasons why we gather. Why people tend to do it. We do it out of duty. Uh, it helps them get on God's good side. Um, some go to socialize. Some go to teach their children about morality. Uh, some crave an emotional high. Some, you know, to carry them through the week. That so you need that that religious high to carry you through the week. Some just need an intellectual kind of stimulation or ethical instruction, which which not why the church gathers actually. No, I the every time everything I wanted to cry shock. <laughs> right, and those are all really good examples. Yeah, and I, I kept oh. like no bite yeah. your tongue, bite yeah. your tongue. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with I would never lead anybody to attend corporate worship for any of those reasons. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, learn it's yeah. We're we're trying to point people to Jesus Christ. You know what's interesting is is we read this book and the Lord allowed me to kind of peer in on a conversation among a bunch of people that don't attend church. And it was interesting why they don't attend church. And I kept thinking this is actually so I I was like, this would actually be a good book for you to read. Because you do have a responsibility to be with the same local church regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for a lot of the reasons that he'll go on to say, you know, that I know we've talked about Ephesians four, you've been gifted for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. In other words, each of us has an ingredient. Like if you think of ministry as a soup, each of us has an ingredient into the soup to make the soup, the soup. Mm-hmm. And when we're feeding people the soup, it grows and nourishes, and it's a healthy soup, right? So it's not the kind of soup that's going to get somebody fat or or sick. It's the kind of soup that's actually going to nourish and grow your soul mm. because it's going to be a soup that points you to Christ together as a body. Yes. Yeah. I think he lists why we attend in there too, right, on that? Yeah, uh, there's different things. I think one of the things that stuck out in my mind, and actually it's part of the title of the book, so the title of the book is Corporate Worship, How God, or How the Church Gathers as God's People. And uh, in, the, in chapter 2, he answers the questions, he answers answers the question, why must we gather? And I love this answer. God sovereignly draws his redeemed people together. Oh, yeah. Um, that was kind of shocking in my mind, at the same time, very relieving. Yeah. Because if God gathers his people sovereignly at some level, right? We are responsible to do what we're called to do uh, on that day, but we're actually not the Holy Spirit dragging people to church either. Right. That is so, <laughs> right. That's so freeing, you know, I, I it, yeah. it's been freeing to me. The Holy Spirit is freeing by the way, to yes. do ministry yes. um, because you realize, right. That, Hey, I don't want to coerce people. I don't want to manipulate people. I don't want to make people feel bad. But at the same token, got to be consistent and continue to exhort, encourage. And it's interesting because he does say on page 43, what does this mean for the corporate uh, gathering for corporate worship? And it's the idea of we are to gather to edify and to be edified. And this is this is why I thought I would actually give this encourage somebody who is like, I don't need the church to read this because a Lone Ranger Christian is like a detached prosthetic limb. Mm. Our corporate worship should undermine self-centeredness. We come to be built up because we desperately need it. Just as I needed Jeremy's encouragement that day, yet also in God's providence, other members need us to come and build them up too. We are simultaneously doctors and patients in God's hospital Binding up others' wounds and receiving the medicine our own souls need. Mm. Others really good. Yeah, uh, corporate worship Very is good. discipleship, and corporate worship should both reflect and contribute to the church's unity. Yeah. Um, that, so, yeah. and and if you understand, uh, most of my application in sermons is is wired to talk about what should this mean for the church's ministry. Yeah. So that that's where the unity comes in because. Just, just to let people in on a secret, like, and 
because sermon's part of corporate worship. Uh, you're trying to, one, I realize for some people that's the only hour they're going to contemplate Jesus Christ this week. So I even even personally thought about, man, maybe I could cut these down to 30 minutes. And then I was reading something about Piper, and Piper was like, this may be the only hour somebody actually dwells on Jesus Christ for a period of time. So don't don't hesitate. And I was like, ooh, good point. Oh. So, um, but then part of that also also is like, hey, what does this mean for us as a church to do ministry together? And and that's where you know that's that's how I can see it being a part of discipleship. I, I would also say, um, kind of going back to your sports analogy, and I know I've said this before, um, in terms of attending and not attending. And and here's here's my criteria. Are you okay with Gino and I missing church for the reason you missed church today? And if the answer is yes, then it's probably okay. But if the answer is no, then the question for you is why are you missing? Mm, good. You know what I mean? So like if you're at home deathly sick, would you be okay if you came in on Sunday and Ramil stood up and was like, hey, guys, today Gino – and Jason are both like deathly sick this week. So we're going to have to do something a little like we're, we're the little curveball in terms of a sermon and music. Right. Like, would you, you know what I mean? Like most people be like, Oh yeah, that's in God's providence. That happens. Right. Vacation. Now I do know some people get annoyed when pastors go on vacation because they want to hear the pastor that week. But right. Like again, like most people are going to go, Oh, it's good. They need to get a vacation. But then it's like, what happens if Ramil came in on Sunday and was like, or Chris, and was like, hey, um, yeah, Jason called and said that he and his wife are going to go have a Sunday family day brunch day. <laughs> so they're not going to be here today. Yeah. Like most people would be like, um, are you firing him? Because that's not, that's not okay. Yeah. And I think that's, that's why I like that criteria. If in your head you're like, hey, I would be okay. And, and this is where everyone says, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd be okay with it. But in reality, most of the time, no, you wouldn't. Not for things like that. You know, that's where you've got to say, hey, wait a minute. That, that the difference in perspective is one has ownership of responsibility. The other still has a, um, a, a product consumer mindset. Yes. And that's, that's what we're trying to get rid of. That's a person that also has elevated, um, you know, one body part over the other. So now, obviously, the preaching of the word is is important. It, it um, sets the tone of our, our learning and um, how we're trying to come under God's word and teaching. Um, but if... If the preacher values the service, uh, the the preacher doesn't just value the word. The preacher actually values the entire gathering. God God actually values the entire gathering. Uh, it's not just a proclamation of the word, though very important, right? Um, everyone being there, holding up the gathering as uh, priority is really, really important. Agreed. Yeah. So we're, we're like again, just if you're a member, right? Members are are gravely important, and that's that's why it has to be the same church locally regularly. Yes, because if and again, there there are a group of people in Vegas that church hop, and I want to pull them aside and say, don't ever come back here again, mm. right? Which sounds anti. It sounds like unministerial and ungracious, but there's a part of it's like don't don't waste our time. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna if you're gonna bounce from church to church to church and and you want to to like kind of like flippantly defy God's word and you feel comfortable, that's fine, but don't waste our time. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're coming here, you know, every nine months in your little rotation and you're asking us to pour into you, like it's pretty selfish. Yeah. Like one, if you're a visitor, I'm happy you're here and I want to serve you. But but really what I want to do long term is I want to help you be in the right place long term. Right. So if you come out on a Sunday and you're like, hey, uh, I need to be in a local church. I don't know if this is the right church for us or not. That's fine. Like 
I will help you. We will help you find the right church. Uh, now we think our leadership will be beneficial to your soul, but, but all that to say, like, but if you're just coming in like every eight months for one Sunday and you live here in Vegas, again, I out of towners, that's an exception. That's a different category in my mind, right? There's a part of me that wants to be like, look, you are, you are coming in here as a leech sucking our time. And a lot of those people will say, oh yeah, no, you know, and it's like, there's a rhetoric to the point to where you, you actually recognize it at some point and go, I'll never see this person again. And you never do. Uh, yeah. Someone listening to this is, it's probably thinking in their mind, well, that's really ungracious. But I think what they don't realize is a person like that is taking away ministry from a person who's actually committed to be there. Yes. And so your, 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 your German shepherd. Yes. Shepherdness <laughs> is coming out saying, yes. I, w- I want to commit to those who are, who understand what we're trying to do here yep. and, and not just get, cause right. That's what I think that's, that is typical, right? Someone comes in and they're like, I want to talk to the pastor uh-huh. because I need him to minister to my soul. Yep. Um, that, and never shows up again and just kind of like gobbles up that time and energy. Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, which you're happy to do. Yes. Like, again, so it's not like you sit there, like there's a part that's like, okay, Lord, this is what you put on my plate. But First Peter 5, shepherd the flock of God among you. Right. And there are just sometimes where you know this person is not ever going to be among you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's amazing how you do this long enough, you start to pick up the rhetoric of those people. And you'll say, I, I, I've told in the back of my mind a hundred times, I've been like, I'll never see this person again. I never do. Right. And again, you're not, I'm, you're right. I'm not trying to be ungracious. Like my soul longs for the, those people to get over themselves and to go back to the same church the next week. And again, I realize for some people, they have trust issues. They've had a bad experience. They have been, you know, abused. Maybe there are a hundred reasons that make this difficult sometimes to go back to the same church the next week. There are 6,000 reasons why you need to double down and be willing to, to go back to the same church the next week. Yes. So, right. And that, that's the thing in, in our pride, our toes are easy. Our feelings are easily hurt and our toes are easily stepped on. And we think, okay, just, you know what? Life would be easier if I didn't engage the local church. However, that's actually not, that's actually like, Oh, you have cancer here. Uh, take this poison and let's see it. Like take this arsenic Mm -hmm. and let's, let's, let's like, let's try to eradicate your poison by killing you slowly. Mm. And so, you know what I mean? It's like the self diagnosis because it, maybe you don't avoid the hurt. It's like, no, you gotta, you gotta reengage. Like, yes, it may hurt. Yes. You may get hurt again, but yeah, maybe I'm just talking about local church commitment at this point. So, yeah, no, that's, that's helpful. I, it's, um, it's, it would be like a parent who is parenting the neighbor's kid and not their own. Yeah. Um, you don't want, you don't want to make a pastor do that. You don't want to steal him away from, um, right. The, the sheep that he's called to shepherd. So, right. We're, and we're, we're, we try to do that, uh, as best as we can. We obviously we don't do it perfectly. Um, and, if there were, if there were 20, only if there were 25 hours a day or 30 right, hours a day, right? Right. Then we could have more time, but you still wouldn't get to it. Exactly. It's just not, there's right. just, it, it, it's, it is unloving because you're, you're actually, you're actually taking, taking away that ministry from, um, a child that's yes. committed there. Yeah. So. I think that's what I think of. Like for that class of people, their time, their time leeches. Yeah. And yeah, like there's, there's a group that, there's a lo- there's a radio um, ministry that every now and then does a series on the local church. And every time they do that series on local church, whether it be one or two weeks, um, listeners to that will pop into the church and be like, oh, you've lived in Vegas how long? Oh, you've lived here 40 years. Oh, you don't go to a church regularly. Oh, okay. Oh, then why are you visiting? Well, I was listening to, you know, insert this pastor's name and just – you know, felt like maybe we need to go to church. So basically, right, listening for a week to this person, they felt guilty. Mm-hmm. And so then they come in and they visit the local church. Every time I've said in my head, I'm like, I'll never see this person again. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because what what 
what motivated them to visit was guilt mm-hmm. and it wasn't conviction. And so they, they came, they maybe felt better about themselves on their way home. Their true convictions about not being in a local church came out and that's why you didn't see them again. Mm. Because that that's by the way, that's why we're so anti manipulating people through guilt into doing things because it doesn't produce long term. It it doesn't produce anything. It it produces manipulation. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying the online pastor is trying to manipulate people. Right. Yeah. I think the person's probably trying to be helpful. Yeah. But but for those people it's a temporary guilt mm-hmm. that doesn't provide long term sustenance because the problem is they already before they felt guilty, they lacked ecclesiology convictions. Mm-hmm. The guilt just got them out of their chair one Sunday. But then when the church failed to meet their expectations, because, again, they're looking for whatever the online pastor has built up in, in, in their head, which probably if you could talk to the online pastor privately, he'd be like, uh, no, you're, you're out to lunch on your convictions here. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So then, then they, they go, they take that step, that step's a step by guilt, but then that guilt is short lived, which is why leading people by guilt is horrendous because the only way to, to lead a person by guilt is to keep pouring fuel into the guilt. Mm -hmm. But they never walk on their own. Then they never walk on their own. So it's a, it's a, you're, you're, which is why I'm not a a bomb board with that kind of leadership. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's handicapped thinking. Yes. Um, it's, uh, it's thinking that depends on some kind of fuel that's, that's not a a well of, uh, it's not a fount of every blessing that, Mm -hmm. that, that fuel has to come from Christ. And that's why I love that point. The, the, that God gathers his church. The spirit does do something in believers that draws them to to um to other believers yep because they know that they're called to do that yep agreed yeah so. all right so what do we do when we gather hmm well i thought that was a good chapter yes um there's some so we kind of talked about that you need to be there some criteria to be there confronted the I mean, the reality is the people listening to this are never are not the kind of people who annoy me. <laughs> just to be just to be blunt, I, I do have grace for them. I do pray for them, but um, also, Lord, please, I don't want to waste my time. Yeah, um, I, I thought that. Um, so, so let's see here. So this this is kind of broken down in in um, what is it? Seven chapters. Who gathers? Must we gather? Why does God gather us? Yeah. What should we do when we gather? Yeah, is the question you were asking. Yeah, um, he had it. Yeah, I mean, the interesting part is I was reading this and it's like, yep, same thing we do. He talks about public singing, uh, public reading of scripture, public praying, and public preaching, mm-hmm. um, which is good. And he, you know, in here he had a point on singing and I don't remember where it was, which actually I thought was in line with kind of our approach to singing. And that is that, um, our goal is for everyone to be able to be the choir so that we're all singing together and in our singing together, we're encouraging one another while also in while also understanding the Lord better through our own singing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I do know this, right? Sometimes a song or a lyric gets stuck in your head and it ministers to you for longer than, than the moment. Right. And it ministers to you the next day, ministers to you the next week, you yes. know? So, yeah, I like the way he equated it. It's kind of like being a, a citizen of a country. Um, the constitution is our scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, which 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 we feed from, which we learn from, which we grow from, um, right? Our anthem, those are like our hymns. So our anthem, right? There's something about how God made us in His image that that where we enjoy music, and that music really is a uh, is is a way of human beings being like the creative God who creates things, who creates things 
um, out of, right, like he created music, obviously, and using music to support the words to praise him. So in, in a sense, the preacher gives a reason for the congregation to praise him. And though, and, and so we, in a sense, we respond in, in, the, in the anthem of who God is. Praise God for uh, all his glorious ways, the way he works in us, and the salvation that we have in Christ, and the glorious Christ who sits on the throne. Um, yeah, so I love that image where, uh, yeah, it is kind of like the scripture is our constitution. And, and um, the anthem is, those are our hymns. Those are our spiritual songs. Those are our songs. Yeah. And I think you, you're what you're making a good case for too is um, he alluded to this and I experienced it when I, when I first started get, when I first got saved and started going to church, there's a big, uh, big wars happening in churches over tradition and music and style. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people wanted newer songs, faster songs, different songs than the old hymns. And, you know, all the rhetoric abounded all the more. You know, some people couldn't accept the change. Some people thought to make the change was ungodly. Some people were like, hey, can't we balance this out? And I imagine that, uh, one, I'm thankful that kind of to be on this side of those corporate wars because I'm sure, like, it caused a lot of pastors to pull their hair out. Sure, yeah. And was probably very frustrating from a, from a church standpoint. Uh, cause it was kind of a giant war on preference. And so it's good to hear him kind of say that, Hey, singing should, uh, prioritize the human voice and prioritize unity when considering music style. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the hard part. Like, uh, because I do know that a lot of times we come in to the church and want the music to be the way I like it. Mm-hmm. You don't even, I mean, you, you don't pick your favorite song every Sunday. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's something there, right? Mm-hmm. Even you are like, hey, I can't do my favorite song every Sunday. Yes. Yeah. So you have to kind of learn to make those songs every Sunday your favorite song. Exactly. Yep. Which is interesting because as a pastor, sometimes people be like, you know, oh, have you read this book? And it's like, you know what? Um, in order for me to preach on Sunday, I need to stay away from that book and I need to read these things over here. Mm-hmm. And so even even like the past, even the whoever's doing the sermon has to at some point set your own personal study desires aside and make what's in the text your, your favorite. Yes. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's something there. That's absolutely true. Um, and, you know, we sing a mixture of, all kinds of songs, uh, older hymns, new, newer ones. I, I am very picky uh, with what we sing because I, I want the theology to be rich. And there are plenty of good songs out there. Uh, there's probably more that we haven't learned yet that uh, require, gosh, practice, learning. You know, there's there's a lot that goes behind putting, putting a song before the congregation. Um, but the, the goal is, again, right, as the word is preached, we want songs that reflect the kind of God we're preaching about. So why why choose songs that say nothing about God? I know. And it just make us feel good. Choose songs that describe the majesty of his name. And um, and let's sing them together. Right? Let's sing them together. That the churches that's a hard that's that is a diff, different um, a difficult uh, framework to break out of. Especially if you're from a, from a very performance-centered uh, church that, you know, whose goal was really to to make a consumer product, so to draw people um, with things that are familiar, maybe, uh, versus trying to create things that we can we can we can all sing. So, one of the things with music is you're always trying to find that middle ground where, like, no matter what musical style you you prefer, you could still sing the song together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and praise God and praise God together because, you know, it's not too hard. It's not too difficult. It's not too like, there's yeah. Per, like, yeah, like keys are <laughs> musical keys are, are very intentional. It's like oh. the key to music. There you go. <laughs> I, I wonder, Gino, like when you're sitting there and you're singing and you're, if you're thinking about 
I don't like this song or none of the song selections are ever my like cup of tea or I don't prefer the songs. Like that's actually a very inward focus. Yeah. Whereas if your mind just accepts what's in front of you, like, and that's where, that's where it requires submission, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not that, that we're submitting to, you know, all of where it's not like we're making you the Lord. It's that we're submitting to your leadership and saying, okay, you know what? This is what's up there. So I'm going to, I, rather than fighting this in my heart and being upset with what you did, I'm just going to sing it to my heart's content mm-hmm. and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to worship the Lord. And I pray that, that my voice joins with the other voices and is encouraging other people as well. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's the thing. Like you, you're not. You haven't picked a song that I've ever been like. Oh, theologically, that was just atrocious. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which means good. Good. Yeah. Every now and then, I I comment to Amber. Hey, there's British spellings in that, <laughs> but it's kind of funny. Yeah. Caitlin, I throw it to Caitlin. <laughs> yeah. But that's my English major. It's just yeah, yeah. It's okay. Well, we're in, we're in America. It's some fun. of that. Some of that too is just. Language into him is old King James. Yeah, I know. So. I know. But you're King yeah. James. <laughs> yeah. Um, beautiful language. But, yeah. Uh, so, dated. yeah. But, uh, but I think like, so when you're singing, if you're fighting the music, right, that's a, that's a form of selfishness. Yes. I'm just, I'm very blunt today. I'm just <laughs> speaking my mind today. <laughs> Um, insights into my mind. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Um, that, but that's a problem all of us have is that sometimes our posture when we come to corporate worship Mm -hmm. is wrong, which is why it needs to begin earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, which is why we even had the podcast on preparing for corporate worship because you mentally need to be ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've, you, you know, again, I'm going into this, not about me, Lord. Um, which, you know, is, again, the problem in sermons, you know. Uh, you didn't say this in your sermon. Well, that, you know, there's a, you only have so much time. You can't say everything. So, yep. you know, why are we? I'm just trying to think of some of the, detract, the, the detracting comments we've received. Yeah. It, um, I think it does come to come, you know, come back to that consumer mindset. In the, in the forward, Ligon Duncan uh, writes this. If we think of ourselves as consumers, we will view ourselves as the audience and the preacher and others assisting in leading the service, especially the musicians as performers there to inspire and perhaps entertain us rather than understand that God is the audience. And we are the beggars, rebels and enemies made heirs, friends and children of God through the father's love, the son's obedience, death and resurrection and the spirit's new birth. And he goes on. This is a long sentence, Ligon. I know. <laughs> it's really good, though. Rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that that is a temptation to view um, to view uh, the people on the platform. And I like that he pointed that out too. It's it's when we say stage, it's like that's a performance. Mm-hmm. It's a platform that is of practical use for 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 us to communicate something. But it's it doesn't it doesn't elevate us uh, over anybody else. Yeah, uh, everyone's part of the team. We're coming together to read together, to learn together, right? To sing together, to pray together, and to fellowship with one another. Um, and it, it does have to be that teamwork mentality or that team mentality where it's I'm actually part of the team and I need to get there and I need to be engaged and I need to be ready. Yeah, and I need to I need to sing what what's what's there. And I need to, the word that's preached is actually for me today. Right. And that, you know, being, doing most of the preaching, that's not me trying to like, hey, I have what you need. That's not that, that's not my mindset here. It's the reality that um, if we're not careful, it's, it's what Ligon's talking about. We're critics of the sermon mm-hmm. looking to see if what I expect you to say got checked off. That's not worship. Mm-hmm. That's, that's putting yourself that it is. I mean, I'm sorry that it, that is worship. That's, but that's self worship Mm. rather than, Hey Lord, I need to hear what's said today because my heart is prone to go astray and I need to understand you better. Yeah. And that there's a big difference, right? So when you go to church with like, Hey, um, 
I I want to know Christ better and I want to serve other people. That's different from I hope today I get what I want. Mm-hmm. And now that now here's the thing too. Sometimes people are struggling with with legit things, and so and they're expecting the music or the scripture reading or the prayer or the sermon to address that that specific issue. And that's actually why the fellowship is there because mm-hmm. the sermon may not address your specific issue, but that's why body life is there because the church is here to help you think through that specific issue. Mm, yeah. And that, that's where, that's where understanding even why the one another's is a part of ministry and a part of corporate worship, not just on Sunday, right? That's, that helps you understand, okay, Hey, the, the sermon today was on John 14 but I have a question about parenting my 10-year-old. And though John 14 talked about revealing Christ and abiding in him, and though though that's going to be helpful into my long-term parenting of my kid, um, I hope after service maybe maybe I can set up a time, maybe I can pick the brains of an older mature saint or use this time to like reach out and, and schedule a lunch. You know what I mean? So yeah. like that's that's where... Sometimes our specific things okay. It's it is okay to come to church with some specific like questions. Yep. But I think it's understanding where to look for the answers to those questions, and that that's right. That's where we oftentimes go astray. Is that well, the music didn't address this. Mm-hmm. The music didn't excite me. Well, the reality is Jesus Christ should be the one that's exciting you. Yeah. So you know what I mean, like or the sermon. I think what you're say, what you what you're pointing to really is, it, um, it, it's really an emotionally based uh, or emotionally driven kind of service. Because mm. if you think about, because um, everyone can everyone enjoys, you know, everyone to some extent can say like, that felt good. Oh yeah. Right. You made me feel something. You inspired me. In, in in a certain way uh, and part of the problem is you know they've they might have felt that in other services um, but all it was is a feeling mm. it's actually it's not it's actually not a it's actually not an, a non-intelligible like spirit filled word for their life to know Christ and to believe in him so um, yeah I think there's something about that an emotional craving that we get from entertainment or you know it's a very me-centered consumer-centered yep. kind of thinking um that you're talking about there there's there, it's well, it's it, it's the reverse manipulation yes. so if if i can guilt you into um to doing the right thing or maybe i can maybe i can um feel good you into doing the right thing it's the same thing it's like it's akin to pride is both look at how great I am and look at how bad my life is. Mm-hmm. So the, at some level, the person that thinks they're the victim of everything, I'm not saying the person that actually is a victim, the, the, the person that's like, Oh, I'm the victim of everybody else's like, you know, I'm like that victim mentality is, is also evidence of pride. It's the same thing. It's, it's that, that same, it's the same coin on one end of the coin is the person that has to be guilted into doing right. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that coin is actually motivating is is actually motivating people by like supplying an emotion. Yes. It's it's like a it's like a drug addict at that point. Yeah. And so hey, you can come and have a feel good experience. And that and again, if you understand the gospel, it is a feel good experience. Yep. Yeah. But the reality is I can I can tug your emotions. The the problem is it doesn't fit the make disciple because you're not growing in convictions. Mm-hmm. That person that and this is why I never want to do this as a church where we're trying to like where we're trying to like feed people emotional steroids. Because then we have to keep feeding emotional steroids. We're not making disciples. We're not able to serve people at the one another level. Now, all the discipleship is going to be on our part. And and now we're just praying at that point that we can like, that one or two people will get it and move past the emotions. Mm-hmm. 
And it's it's not a good way it's not a good way to, to build a disciple making church. Yeah. I mean, but you can you can fill you can have a very centrally located church that fills a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Oh okay. whoops. Yeah. 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 Um, that's a good point. It it, it is um, it is an emotional drug that many churches are selling. Uh, it's a dopamine hit. Yes. Yes. It's a one hour dopamine hit um, that uh, hopefully can make you just forget your problems rather than solve them uh, yeah. biblically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's all sorts of problems with the seeker sensitive movement. Um, it's actually not that the gospel is easy. The gospel really is easy. It's that there's no um, the the problem with those churches is also is very much like there's no concern for actual sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like sin doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter because um, it, it's unbeliever focused. Yes. Yeah, um, and so yeah, we don't like Christ died so that your life could be better, mm-hmm. which is kind of true. But there's no like, oh yeah, but it's fine if you, you know, oh you got six girlfriends, yeah, okay, it's yeah, cool. yeah. There's no concern for the soul, you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's it's a theological problem too because the church is not a gathering of unbelievers. It's 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 an embassy of the kingdom of God. Yeah, there. I like that word embassy. Yeah, it's the embassy or um, an outpost, right? <laughs> yeah. He uses that word outpost in one of the in the membership book. Um, he used the word embassy and like that because it's a representative of the 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 actual nation that we're part of. Yeah, and we're just on. We got we gather together. We sing our anthems, and we um you know we proclaim our constitution, which is the scriptures. Yeah, Christ, which is why the church can't be a hundred percent pure too. Yes, that that was something we were talking about. That you talking about pure in terms of behavior? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the church, the true church is pure because they've all been accepted by God and set apart. Mm-hmm. But a church service is going to usually have unbelievers mm-hmm. there as well. Correct, and that that's why church membership so important. Correct, yep. Because um, you know, every now and then somebody will kind of be like, "Well, so and so was there, and and they said some things that were really pretty atrocious." And it's like, yeah, you need to be aware. There's a difference between membership and those who attend corporate worship. And we we like unbelievers to attend corporate worship because they hear the gospel, and they're, they're at our embassy, they're at our outpost for the for the Sunday, right? And that's why the one and others are so important because hopefully you can pray and set up a time to try to engage it more. Yeah, yeah. I think what history has shown is that the seeker sensitive movement has not produced disciples. No, um, it has it has produced and maybe um, some kind of interest or buzz around Christianity at best. Yes. Uh, it has good heart in in a sense that it cares for unbelievers, yes, but um, forgets the ordinary means of grace, which is that believers gather, proclaim him, read scripture together, pray together, and do it biblically. Yeah, I think for me too, that a lot of excusing sin. Yes, they got they got a lot of atrocious stories about sin being excused and mm-hmm. just which, uh, you know, I get there. There's there is a gracious side to every church. Yeah. But we're not excusing your sin and our grace. Correct. Yeah, we're trying to help you navigate that. Mm-hmm. Whereas kind of a, oh, no, just come as you are. Right. Yeah, I'm not, not on board with that. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a tolerance of unrepentance. Though. Yes, there you go. So it's not that we it, we want, like members should be repenting. Um, but we, we wouldn't tolerate unrepentance. Yeah. Because believers are called to repent. Yeah, we would. I mean, look, if somebody came to our church three years in a row and we knew they were an unbeliever, unrepentant, that wouldn't bother me. Yes. It's, it's when the member is refusing. Right. Yeah. That's what I meant. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. I know. I knew what you meant too. You're you're clarifying. Yes. How we would treat people on a, on a normal Sunday. Yeah. Um, because that's the other error that happens too, is somebody is aware that there's an unbeliever in corporate worship mm-hmm. and they're like, well, why are you letting him come? And that's where the, the long suffering and patience of God comes into play. Mm-hmm. You know, the one that's church hopping the same 60 churches and revisits every eight years, that, that person's actually needs to repent 
the, the problem is you can't actually work with them, right? So, but but the one that's there every week that's like, I don't know if I believe or not, but I'm going to keep coming back. Man, why would you why would you tell that person no? Right. You know, and unless that person's being divisive or picking fights or trying to draw everybody's eyes to him or her and trying to like be the center of the show, you know, hey, glad you're here. Welcome. You know, you're welcome to be a visitor. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten years if you want to be a visitor. You know, be awesome. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Good. Yeah, whenever the Lord's ready to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grace makes things, um, grace is important for all that. Yes. And that, that's, that's what we've noticed in younger people sometimes is um, their expectations for, wor- for corporate worship uh, can be very interesting, uh, but sometimes they lack grace. Yeah. And that, that's where I think you also have to realize corporate worship can't do everything. It's a responsibility all of us have to exalt the Lord um, and it's going to do some things. It's a part of the steady diet. Like if you take it out, the person's going to get sick or fat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a part of a healthy diet that's there. But body life is the supplements that corporate worship can't provide. Mm-hmm. And that that's why both are essential. Yep. Yeah, okay. Agreed. Yeah, and I think that's that's what, yeah, because you can't expect the sermon to address every point in the text. I remember I was talking to a friend this last week and he called and he was, he's, um, he's doing a interim preaching for a church that's looking for a pastor. And he's, he's not looking to be a pastor. He's in a parachurch ministry. So he works with a lot of churches, but he said, Hey, did you ever stop feeling guilty for not explaining every text? And he's like, yes, I did somewhere in the book of acts. Uh, because in my mind, we were either going to be an ax for 40 years or we were going to try to tell the big picture story and move on. Right. And I, and that's when it like dawned on me, you know what? You can't uncover every theological truth in every passage. So you try to hit what you think the author, the main point, the author is driving it. Mm-hmm. And so then it comes down to like, okay, cause I would have never preached John 13 this way 10 years ago. Because I, I kind of circled around John 13 and, and every week started at the beginning and kind of filtered through and then next week kind of started at the beginning and filtered through with what I thought were key concepts. Mm-hmm. So all that to say that you can't, ex- so if you come to corporation, you expect every jot and tittle that you think is important theologically to be covered, you're asking for corporate worship to do what corporate worship can't do. Yeah. But what corporate worship should do is put the living God on display for all to, to worship and to exalt him. Right. And that can be done, but never could you do it perfectly every week because he's a transcendent God who's holy and, and we're his creation. You right. know what I mean? So we, yeah. we physically, mentally, with the time, could not exhaust him in every way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every Agreed. corporate worship. And that, that's why that's why body life is so important to that as well. Yes. Yeah, okay. Amen. Yeah. All right. Somebody's still going to think I was super ungracious on this. It's fine. <laughs> I love you guys. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd rather be an open book and tell you personally mm-hmm. than not be an open book. So That's fair. All right. It's cool. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. All righty. Well, did we... Did we exhaust everything? I don't uh, think so. Do we have an altar call at the end of this one? <laughs> Just kidding. No altar calls. Uh, yeah. No, However, read, read, read this book. It's good. Actually, yeah, it's I'm almost, book. I mean, I, I would say if you're a member of Cornerstone, definitely pick this up. Corporate Worship by Matt Merker, Nine Marks Ministry. Um, it will, all it will do, it, it what, what it will do, I think, is um, uh, we'll have, we'll be able to build the body in such a way where, you know, it's many, it's an army of ministers. Yeah. Is that's our prayer, right, Jay? I mean, I yes. think that's what we're always trying to do, build up the church to do the work of ministry. Yeah. And part of it is understanding the, the grace of corporate worship. So, yeah. And then raise your hands when you sing, raise your hand. All right. There you go. <laughs> if yeah, you I, want, if you feel yeah, comfortable, yeah. I don't care if you yeah. do or don't. Yeah. If you notice that you've been raising your hands too. So I know it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and it was, I didn't read this book. Oh, 
Yeah. Uh, asked, did you read something? I was like, no, nah, I just decided I was like done. I was done caring if people were offended by it. That oh. was it. Gotcha. Yep. So. Right, there you go. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, no altar call. No altar call. All right. All right. Next time, the whole Christ. Let's do it. All right. I like it. Oh, there's a closing song. Got to do that. Mm-hmm.